With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe, maybe not. Josh, can you hear me, my friend? Yes, hey, there you are. There we are. Okay, well, let me uh, grab Don Mazzella here and bring him into the... Oh, okay, Don's on. ...conversation with us. Oh, good. We were taping our Christmas special, and we ran over time, so uh, <laughs> I'm just, I am just now calling. So, uh, and Don just called me. Yeah, hit me up. Well, good, I'm... I'm wolfing down a sub sandwich, so we're in good shape. Hey, that's fine. Uh, we had a we had an adult film star on who, who was eating Chick Fil A earlier, so you know that's fine. Everybody's eating, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think there's Don Mazella. Don, can you hear me, my friend? I hope so. Can there you hear we me? are. Okay. Well, we've got uh, the John, famous Don Mazella, the famous Don Mazella, or as I like to say, the star of stage and screen, Don Mazella. And, I wish uh, you were. Yeah. Very proud to see my sister lately, have you? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Don, we've we've got Josh Bernstein with us today. Of course, oh. Josh Bernstein is from the Josh Bernstein Show, and uh, he's also representative for our friends at AMAC. And um, uh, Don, give, give me your thoughts first off on this situation with government shutdown and everything, and then we'll get Josh's thoughts on things. Well, you know. You know, I had a, a, a Italian minister at my club last week, and I said, "You know what? If the government shut shut down, who cares? Uh, if you think if you think about it, when, when we had the uh, 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 the government shut down, uh, most things went on uh, as if nothing had happened. And uh, truth be known, seven or eight days of, of no government might do this country good." Having said that, um, I just saw uh, an item where uh, President Trump is threatening not to sign the uh, continuing resolution to keep it funded through February uh, because he really wants the wall. And what people don't understand about uh, President Trump, in my view, is that uh, you know he demands uh, the world and settles for uh, a continent, if you think of it that way. And... Uh, what they should do is throw him a bone and give him a, a, a couple of hundred million dollars to start building a wall and um, see what happens. Uh, I, I think it's necessary. Uh, I don't know if you saw today that um, the government is in, is going to um, send people back to Mexico to await asylum rather than let them stay in the country awaiting asylum uh, adjudication. I think we're slowly but surely uh, seeing that we're taking back our our borders. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Josh, and, uh, give, give, give us your take on this. Well, my take is that all you have to do is look at the fact that over $4.8 million has already been raised in three and a half days to build the wall by Brian Colfidge and the Brian Colfidge Trust which uh, is on the GoFundMe account. And Americans are not giving a dollar or $2 or $3 to, 
they're giving 50, 100, some are even giving 1,000, 500, 200, 300. There is a desire from the American people to secure our borders and to make this country safer. And I think two things can come of this. Obviously, a billion dollars is a lot to raise online. It can be done. It's not done very often. But it's actually, you know what, I just refreshed it. It's 7.6. It's 7,661,715 of a $1 billion goal. That has been raised by 126,000 people in only three days. So what we can do is we can take this to our government and say, look, the American people are willing to give up their own money out of their own pockets. If you guys won't do it, we will. And I think two things can happen. It can be a symbolic gesture for the Republicans to get their act together and get this done, or we'll build it ourselves. And, uh, you know, this GoFundMe, if it hits where it needs to be, it's going to be in a, in a trust. So you're going to have lawyers involved. You're going to have appropriated funds involved. You're going to have, uh, you know, uh, legal documents drawn up with the money and what it can be used for and dispersed for. You're going to have contractors, land surveyors, architects, you know, all the bricklayers. I mean, this is like a real deal. This isn't just some person that, you know, fought for our country and lost three of their limbs and is going to raise money and keep all the money. No, this is a, a for real deal. And in only three days, at $7.6 million, it goes to show you that the appetite to secure this border is not only real, but it's growing each and every day. So... I think that uh, at some point, shutting down the government is obviously an excellent idea. Uh, let's just, you know, get this thing done. The American people want this. We're going to get it done. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Can I just jump in here and point out whatever happened to that uh, big caravan of people that were supposedly going to storm the border? You know, it's, 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 uh, have you heard anything about them for the last two weeks? Um, no, and I think one of the reasons is because that publicity stunt backfired um, on them. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more. But you know, uh, in Washington, seven million dollars is uh, about the, that. I hadn't re realized it had gone up to that number. And he looked at me and said, uh, "You know, we don't care." You know, uh, Washington is so far removed from the border. If they put the capital of Washington at the border, then they'd be uh, be concerned. Yeah, there you go. You know, and and the real answer is uh, uh, Washington politicians, um, the Democrats are uh, uh, pandering to the uh, 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 Latina uh, uh, electorate. Uh, the uh, uh, they don't understand that uh, uh, immigrants displace blacks and Latinos uh, more than than they realize. But uh, again, they think it's a winning uh, uh, issue. I don't think it is, but they think it's winning issue as long as they can keep uh, President Trump from building that wall. We've got we've got uh, Josh Bernstein with us today. Josh, uh, give us your take on that. Well, I think it's interesting that uh, the migrants um, were screaming that you know we want asylum, and if you don't allow us 
into the country, then you need to give us all $50,000 a piece. Well, bottom line is, if the appropriations bill and the the conciliation bill was to pass, you're looking at billions of dollars for Guatemala and Honduras and all these countries. So technically, they would have won. They would have gotten their 50000 per person to go back to their country. Nobody's even pointing that out. But look, I think more than anything else, you know, the Republicans still have control. And I applaud President Trump for shutting down the government because, if you remember, he said last time when he got the military funding done and they kicked the funding for the wall, he said, this is the last time I will sign one of these without border security. And you know what? He's keeping his promise. He's keeping his word, thank God. And uh, I commend him for it. Shut it down. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, uh, here in the Northeast, uh, uh, it's not a a winning issue. Uh, By the way, just across the uh, uh, my desk, uh, Secretary uh, Defense Secretary Mattis is retiring at the end of February, uh, which is going to open up another battle. Um, It's tweeted by President. Uh, Trump. Yep. Uh, just now. Again. Well, we got to watch out for him because I have heard rumors that he may want to challenge Trump in 2020. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but I have heard rumors that Mattis may want to try. I Not keep, that he would win, mm-hmm. but. I keep saying the smartest thing Trump can do is, uh, is in July of, of uh, 2020 saying, I'm going home, folks, uh, and, you know, leave everybody uh, 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 gasping. That would, you know, do you know what that would do to this country? Uh, what did Nixon say? You don't have me to kick around anymore? Uh, uh, but if you think about it, um, the comedians wouldn't have anything to talk about. The Democrats wouldn't have anything to talk about. And, and Trump would go home and... Uh, um, you know, make uh, uh, make money. Uh, and by the well, way, could I go ahead? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I would disagree with that for a couple of reasons. It would really depend on where we were at at that point. I mean, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, ends up retiring, and you know, at, in the beginning of the year, which there have been rumors that her health is in decline, and, and that might be the case. If she does, and he gets another Supreme Court justice, and also figures out a way to fund and build and construct the border wall, then, yeah, I could see him going out in the sunset after one term and saying, you know what, I've had enough. I've done enough. But if he doesn't, I would like to see him continue winning 2020 and have another four years to complete the job. So I really think it would just depend. I mean, if he didn't run again, he's already a legendary president, just as far as his accomplishments so far. But obviously there's more to go, and I would love to see him do even more. Well, you know, uh, traditionally the second term, uh, first term a president concentrates on uh, domestic issues, second term uh, concentrates on foreign issues. Uh, but anyway, um, um, I, I, uh, I, I think the smart thing for, for Trump to do, President Trump to do, is, is to walk away. I, I just think it would be a, um, a smart move. And By the way, I agree with you. I, I don't think there's been a president in the last 50 years that has accomplished 
more of what he said he set out to do than President Trump. Unfortunately, given the um, uh, the media, etc., uh, it's going to take 40 years uh, for the true his true accomplishments to be recognized. Well, that might be the case. I, I think um, immediate. I mean, obviously, we see in the economy and you know jobs being created and regulations being cut and you know, all the different things that we've been able to do as far as getting out of the Paris Accords. He was right on that, obviously. The rioting, the streets screaming Trump was right. You know, you know, getting out of the Iran deal, um, Keystone Pipeline, I mean, the list is long. We know that. Mm-hmm. So I think that in the media, he's going to get the credit for that because it's impossible not to get the, credit, get the credit for that, even though the media doesn't want to discuss it and doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but on the long term, you know, having the Supreme Court remade, I think, is a big, big deal. And uh, if we can get at least one more, then I would say that we would solidify this country uh, and conservatism on the on the judge on the judgeship for the next twenty five to thirty years. You know, barring any debts or anything. I, I agree with you. And by the way, my uh, uh, again talking to my contact in Washington. Uh, he said the only way they get, uh, Ginsburg will get out of, um, of the Supreme Court is to they carry her out. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty close to the, uh, on this. He's been uh, pretty right and made me look right a few times. He feels that uh, she will not step down and, uh, uh, as long as she can, uh, uh, um, be a semblance of herself, but um, uh, along with that is uh, uh, he indicated that she is not doing as much as she used to, and in fact uh, uh, they have not assigned a, a decision to her in the uh, in the uh, current uh, in the last month. Anyway. Right. Well, she's eighty-five years old. She had a stint put in her heart. She had uh, colon cancer. She survived. She had pancreatic cancer. She survived. Uh, so she's had a lot of different health issues. She recently fell and broke three ribs. She's slowly recovering from that. Uh, her health is in decline. She's 85 years old. Uh, it would not shock me if she was no longer on the bench in the next 90 days, uh, certainly even sooner than that. Uh, again, I've heard rumors from her staffers, from people that are around her, that, you know, her mind may want to continue, but her body is letting her down. And uh, so she may be in a situation where she's no longer able to serve. Uh, you know, um, uh, here we're speculating on a poor woman's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wishing anything against her. I'm just putting the facts out of her medical history. Uh, I, I don't know. Dude. We'll look at some there, um uh, what's his name? The CBS uh, Sumner chairman. Redstone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's ninety odd years old. They just uh, appointed his. They just ruled him incapacitated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the, he's still controlling. Um, you know, um, I, I I interviewed a man who was eighty seven years old who was starting his uh, third um, uh, entrepreneurial venture after retiring from uh, a major bank. And he's yeah, well, look, years old. And I said, one of the closest people to me in in uh, in all of broadcasting, 
I'm like a grandson to him, is Barry Farber. And he still has his wits about him. And, you know, he's uh, he's very intelligent, very smart. He's got his wits about him. And I think he's about 90 or 91 or 92. So, you know, they're they're all up there. Well, yeah, uh, he, keep, well, he well, keeps marrying younger than him. That, that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Josh, we've got to get to Larry Tracy. Before we do that, uh, talk sure. to us about AMAC. Yes, uh, AMAC is the um, alternative to AARP. Uh, it's an organization for seniors 50 years of age and older, all the same types of products and services. Uh, the only main difference is that they are an America First conservative alternative. So when they do lobby on behalf of Washington and Congress and their members, it is to provide them with more power, more control, and, of course, more freedom in health care choices and decisions. Obviously, with Obamacare now being... Uh, made illegal, basically, the individual mandate and all that, and Obamacare is really dead at this point, uh, will be behind the scenes working with the Republicans to craft new legislation that will be an excellent alternative to Obamacare. And, of course, it will be less government intrusive uh, as well. So check them out at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S, or you can call toll-free 888-262-2006. Again, 888-262-2006. 2006. Tell them that you heard about AMAC on the Jiggy Jaguar program, and they'll even give you a one-year free introductory offer. Again, 888-262-2006, and on the web at amac.us. And I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all the fans and supporters out there and fans of the Jiggy Jaguar show. Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate it, Josh. We will uh, talk to you uh, sometime in January, my friend. You got it. God bless everyone. And, Don, we're going to take a break. Don, you as well. I'm going to call Larry Tracy. I'm going to call you right back. So hold tight, Don. We are going to uh, do this. We are going to call Mr. Larry Tracy, the big star, star of station screen Larry Tracy, and uh, get him in here, and then we will call Don Mazzella back and uh, get him in here. Got to find Larry Tracy's phone number. That's always a, it's always a gamble uh, trying to find Larry Tracy's phone number. Good Lord. So we will call Mr. Tracy. Get on in here. Maybe. Hello? Larry, can you hear me? It's James hey. giving you all. Hey, How are you, my friend? You can. That's right. Let me uh, let me get our co-host here, Don Mazella, in here, and we will do some chitty-chatting. We had a uh, okay. we had a guest run over, so we are just now getting to you. I apologize for that. But, uh, well, Don, that's Don okay. Maz- that's that show business. <laughs> Let's see. You, you understand. You understand all this stuff. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You get well, it. I'm glad somebody understands it. <laughs> now, um, Don Mazzella joins us. He's our regular co-host on Talk America Live each and every weekend. And uh, Larry, um, let's talk about Bring Home the Bacon. Uh, it is a fantastic book. Tell me and Don a little bit about it. Well, it was written based on the experience that I had in speaking in the, in the government 
especially the last three years when I was uh, defending and debating the Reagan policy on Central America, and I developed a, a system over the years on it. And it's just based on the premise that the ability to speak and the ability to persuade is probably the most important skill you can have. Uh, I'm joined in that attitude with Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, who constantly says, hey, that's the most important skill a human being can have. And I think one of the things is people are afraid of uh, presenting, but should look at should look at this and the lessons that are in my book as the means to an end because that's the that's the best way to be a leader. There's maybe one percent of people are born with uh, the ability to lead, to inspire, to motivate, and then the rest of us need some sort of a system, and that's through the spoken word, and that's what you learn in this book. So I think it's a real shortcut to success. And they can, if I'll put the plug in, they can go right to Amazon and get it. <laughs> We've got uh, Larry Tracy with us today. Now, Larry, um, give us give us your thoughts on the withdrawal from Syria and what are some of the consequences, and then we'll let Don weigh in on this as well. Well, uh, I simply cannot understand it. I'm, I'm dumbfounded by this decision uh, because it's based on the false premise that we have defeated ISIS and we have not. In military terms, we have degraded ISIS significantly, but they're far from defeated. They've got 30,000 fighters in Syria. And uh, we've done this with, uh, he, President Trump did this apparently without the consulting with uh, either Secretary of Defense Mattis or Secretary of State Pompeo. And one of the suspicions that's running around Washington is that he did this in a deal with Erdogan of Turkey, who was ready to buy uh, air defense system from Russia, and Trump wanted to make sure that he bought the, the Patriot system. So all of a sudden... Erdogan decides he's going to buy the Patriot system, and Trump decides he's going to pull out. And what we're doing there, we are we are abandoning our best ally in the Middle East, the Kurds. And, and, and this is going to be a terrible, terrible blow to U.S. credibility. They're going to say, hey, you can't depend on the United States to back. Okay. Uh, we found our man. We found Mark Kingston Levine. Levine, as they say. I don't know who's saying it, don't know why they're saying it, but they are indeed saying it. We will get to him here in just a few seconds here on our big broadcast. In fact, let's go to the telephones. And uh, we have got a great guest with us today, the fantastic award-winning science fiction author, Mark Kingston Levine. And uh, he's discussing his trilogy of books, highlighting book two with us and book three, which is coming out in a few weeks. He's live in San Diego with us today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Now, you have got some amazing, amazing books here. Um, Erwin uh, Zucker, our, uh, our good buddy, um, he, he loves your stuff, and he puts you over constantly. And uh, <laughs> I always love it when he books you because then, you know, we talk a couple days up until the deal, and he's always so excited. So I'm glad that uh, we've got you on with us today. Now, um... Let's ask, first of all, about this motion picture prospect for this book. Um, you've got a lot of books. You've got so many reviews. Um, there's a lot of things going on. This thing works naturally for the silver screen. Um, do you have any famous actors or actresses you'd like to see play some of the characters? Talk to us about some of the motion picture prospects. Well, I have a couple of people who are screenwriters who uh, are working on this um, at, right at the moment. Uh, not really allowed to say much more about it, but because um, we have negotiations going on. Yes. Okay. Um, but there are 
people I'd love to see in the uh, movie. Um, I'd like to see uh, a Chinese actor or a Japanese actor, for that matter, play uh, Zex Den Ho, who is the um, hero in the first book um, and in a little bit of the second book. Um, and before he dies, unfortunately, yes. he's assassinated. Um, but he was a very uh, great leader and a Nobel Prize winner. And I'd like to see somebody relatively young. I mean, he dies quite young because people in those days, in the 30th century, they lived for 800 years. And uh, that's the average lifespan. But the health span is about 750 years. So they are healthy like a, uh, I wouldn't even say middle-aged, but like a young person in their 30s to 40s. Um, at that health level, uh, during their 750 years of their life before they start to deteriorate, before before science starts to fail them, but uh, in, in, in future, uh, they will live longer. Um, because the, in, the, in the third book, we go out to... Uh, 56th century and um, there um, there's astounding technologies that um, some of what we see in Star Trek in a much earlier time but of course we saw sentient computers in um, something called 2001 they made a film uh, Arthur C. Clarke uh, one of my favorite authors but uh, it, 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 one of the ones who had kind of inspired me, I mean, I didn't realize this after I started writing it, uh, was um, um, the uh, Asimov, uh, Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov, yes, indeed. Fantastic, fantastic a, the, author. He wrote the Foundation series, right? And one of those books in the Foundation series, there was a hero, and his name was... Um, um, Salvar Hardin. And yes. uh, he was for nonviolent. And it was very unusual to find nonviolent heroes in, in science fiction, particularly. Yes. In other areas, you do find them. But um, I was uh, like, you know, the movie Gandhi, you know, he was nonviolent. Um, so there there are other, but not much in science fiction in, in this area. So. That was one of my motivations was to write nonviolent science fiction because I didn't see much of it. I read. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, one of, I'm not the most avid reader, but I read a lot, especially when I was younger, when I was in my thirties. Um, well, in my in my teens to to say thirty six, I used to read an awful lot of science fiction at that time. Yes. Um, and um, but you know, later I got interested in other things, and you know, I. I uh, read more science than I did um, uh, science fiction, but I've always loved science fiction, and I, I, I go to the movies. I see it. I, I yes, I'm I'm a I'm a fan, definitely a fan. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I'm a. Uh, I mean, I like to read other people's stuff, and uh, particularly stuff that deals with time travel, especially if it deals with the science of time travel. Because I'm very interested in that myself, uh, and um, 
even Stephen Hawking uh, wrote that uh, he thought it was possible. Um, definitely, in, it, it's allowed in Einstein's theory of uh, yes general relativity. Yeah. Well, uh, well. Uh, Mark, hold hold the line here for just a second. We've got to take a uh, quick commercial break, about a minute, minute and a half. Um, when we come back, we are going to keep chatting here with Mark, and uh, he is our great guest. He's fantastic. We love him, and we'll be back with more here on our big broadcast. Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. Disability, 800-504-1639. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now, 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313, not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-19. Oregon DM-80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission, DC-32. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to 
end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-549-6183 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-549-6183. That's 800-549-6183. Again, 800-549-6183. One of 700 radio show hosts included in the book, Talk Radio Wants You. This is the Jaguar Radio Program. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are coast to coast. We are border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, of course, TalkShoe.com, iHeartRadio, The Mix on Tuesdays, Scenario Broadcast each and every week, and of course, check out more at KJagRadio.com, and also find us on our app, JiggyJagWire.com as well. We have got a great segment coming up here in just a few moments, but before we get back to that, we want to talk to you about urban soul music. It's what I. Sanford calls his particular genre and brand of music. Born in Batesville, Mississippi, but raised in the inner city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Neither his mom or dad had exceptional music ability, but they supported the and fed the gifts in I. Sanford. Cultivated and inspired by a deep faith in God, wisdom and love for his culture, family and community, proposed with a vision to draw souls to the kingdom of God, Alexander Sanford, by 12, he started playing piano by ear, found himself fascinated by English, creative writing and literature on high school level. He learned more about his academics, although he majored in vocal music at Milwaukee High School of the Arts, learning and performing jazz, classical and opera. After graduating high school... I. Sanford, due to overwhelming street influences and bad decisions, uh, gave up the desire to write and sing and music. Tillip was approached with the chance to sing with a few of his classmates in a group he co-named One Concentration. He saw this as God giving him a second chance, traveling, touring, sharing stages with such greats as Bobby Jones, Shanika Glory, the Mississippi Mass Choir, Donna Lawrence. Group, I decided to uh, go solo. He began writing with an urban contemporary style of music. Not considering himself a hip-hop or rap artist, I. Sanford hopes to brand his sound as Wild Honey and Logos. His first EP titled, Going Against the Grain, was later followed by a complete album called Wild Honey and Logos. And his latest releases, Back to the Basics, was released summer of 2018. The project he calls My Life's Work. He wrote about life, his encounters, experiences, opinions, and left a letter in the youth and young men that will listen. The first single and video, Off to Back to Basics. Is Desires, written and performed by I. Sanford, and uh, beat produced by the Des Hill, one of the Batesville, Ms. Hottest Up-and-Coming Producers. It's a song about a desires that he and his friends had fast money and things that come with wild street success and how wrong motives led to destruction. 2019 is the year of I. Sanford, Wild Honey and Locust, as they launched the desire of the 2019 campaign. Here is a little bit of his music. And we've got our great guest joining us today, Mark Kingston Levine. He's with us here on our big broadcast. Now, um, Mark, your second book, and uh, tell us a little bit about this book, because it is fantastic, my friend. Well, um, the second book is about the 30th century. It's about Jennifer's life. She starts uh, in French Canada, and uh, when she's 14, her parents migrate to uh, Tasmania, which is Australia. 
the uh, university there. He's a veterinarian and is offered a position, full professorship. And he goes, uh, and um, because he thinks this will be better for his daughter, because the, um, um, the at, at that time, 30th century, uh, Sydney is the, 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 the New York of the world, and Australia is the America. It is the leading technological country, and it has settled eight planets outside our solar system. Fantastic. Fantastic. To do that, they had to develop a new form or modified human form, and they call Sindos. And the Sindos, by the 30th century, have become dominant because it's in the 27th century that they developed the uh, Sindos through embryo engineering. And the uh, people who donate the embryos are... And the 200 scientists who are on the project. Yes. But so so book two is about that, and it's uh, a lot about Jennifer as a child and growing up, uh, but it's it's mostly about the need at the time to settle those planets. They've sent robots there for many years, and uh, by the 27th century, they're ready to send people. So uh, why why did you decide to write this book? Tell us a little bit about that part of it. Okay, well, that goes back to things like Columbine and uh, um, Sandy Hook and and, and many others. I was um, kind of shocked by those things taking place in so many of them. Uh, their massacres, shootings by people. And I, I read a report, uh, I can't remember what's from Yale or somewhere else, um, about the study of American culture and uh, that we're, we have a fairly violent culture and it would be better if we had heroes and heroines who were nonviolent. And I remembered at that time about... Uh, uh, Salvor Hardin, which was uh, um, the uh, hero of Isaac Asimov in the Foundation, one of the Foundation series books. Um, and uh, I think that was a great thing. Very, you know, It was in the 50s. And um, uh, it was uh, uh, nice to see something in science fiction with nonviolence. I mean, we have Gandhi, we have others uh, in our lifetime, uh, Martin Luther King, who were nonviolent, who wanted to change the world, but they wanted to do it through nonviolence. Uh, and I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and I, I, I want to promote more nonviolence in our society, the American society, uh, our schools. Uh, I have an 18-year-old daughter who's still going to high school. She's going to go to college next year. But, uh, you know, I care. And um, yes. Yes. I want to change the world. I want to make it more less violent. We have got Mark Kingston Levine with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border. Now, if people want to pick up your books or they want to get involved with you, how do they do that exactly, Mark? Well, you can uh, type Mark Kingston Levin at, uh, in uh, Amazon, and you'll come to my page. 
click on one of the books and you'll come to the what's called the detailed page and there you can buy it uh, maybe for book two I think it's a dollar ninety nine right now it's on sale uh, so that's basically how to do it Amazon if you know Amazon you can also write in the title of the book and you can buy it that way 30th century revived is book two and uh, it's a very positive book there are you know things that happen but uh, the um, uh, Jennifer is so into nonviolence that um, uh, the uh, Japanese one un- uh, eliminates some uh, terrorists, and she'd rather have them tried. And then she sells the idea to the Japanese that. Uh, uh, let's go in and capture them, and we'll get a lot more information out of them. Uh, you can put them on trial and send them to prison, and um, and that's what happens. Uh, so, yes, uh, she is very concerned with human life. Even her worst enemy, she would never kill them. She would want to arrest them, put them in prison. Yes. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot to that. Uh, I, I, I support um, the idea of not having governments killing people, and the main reason is that they make a lot of mistakes when we convict people. And through DNA, uh, at one point I was involved in forensic consulting, and I saw, uh, you know, first of all, I saw that they never tested many of the rape kits and they convicted people this goes back many years but uh, they convicted people without even testing the DNA and it turned out the DNA cut them off uh, so I, because of all the errors I see I said let's not use governments to execute people because they do make a lot of mistakes and um, you know um, there's another way and it's called prison for life with no possible uh, release and I think that's the alternative that it costs more money and you need bigger prisons but it's the better alternative for civilization a true civilized people uh, I don't think will want to execute people so once we get to that point we'll be at least less violent than we were uh, today we're still doing, uh, you know, we're not doing it in California, and um, but in many other states, I have uh, lots of um, uh, grandchildren. Eight of them live in Texas, and they still do executions there. But you know, we do make mistakes, and we've made mistakes, and we've killed innocent people, and I don't think that's uh, a, a, a very useful thing to do. So if you study the violence in America. Uh, I, I think you realize that there there is a better way, and hopefully we'll get there. And uh, that's what I'm. Do- that's why I chose to write to try to get to a better state. And in um, uh, the I want people, kids growing up, to have heroes and heroines who are nonviolent. So I can't find many authors who write those books, but I want to challenge all the science fiction authors in America and in and in the UK, uh, Australia, um, please write 
some nonviolence uh, and um, have a nonviolent hero. I think that's the real key to helping our our children uh, preventing Sandy Hooks and Columbines. Because after it happens, it's too late. So many kids died. I have all these pictures of the kids at Sandy Hook, and and there were teachers also, but there were. 28 people, I think, that were killed. Maybe it was 23. I can't remember. But um, I think they happened almost. Uh, one, one was in 1999. The other one was in uh, 2011 or 2012. Uh, uh, you know, it's hard to remember exactly when it happened. But um, uh, I know one was in December just before Christmas. That was Sandy Hook. Yeah. Yes. Um, but those are, the. that's what motivated me. To write these novels and to have a nonviolent um, heroine and, 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 and to make a point of it, but not not pound it on the people's head, um, but uh, to make because I, I don't want the story to be a, totally about nonviolence. I wanted the story to be entertaining, and that's why you know I, I wrote about the 30th century because you can have first of all people don't have to work because they have robots and, and, and they take care of mostly everything they do. Uh, the robots do most of the um, earning of money and things like that. So it's um, it's a better time uh, because people have more time to focus on leisure and pleasure and developing themselves and their creativity and their artistic tendencies. So uh, I, we have a lot for our children and grandchildren to look forward to. I think we're going to move in that direction, and I'm very optimistic. And in my book, the uh, you know there's Skynet in the Terminator, which is a very evil uh, machine. Yes, in my indeed. book, the computers are the heroes. In in book three. Well, well, Mark, we've uh, run up against the clock here. I appreciate you uh, being with us. We really enjoyed the interview, and uh, we definitely want to talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful afternoon, my friend. Come back anytime, and uh, your message of hope is amazing. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. Have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Thank you, man. There goes Mark Kingston Levin. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we've got more coming up. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to 
end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-549-6183 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-549-6183. That's 800-549-6183. Again, 800-549-6183. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-835-0176 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-835-0176 now. Again, that's 800-835-0176. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Oh, it's a heck of a deal, heck of a deal. Welcome back to the big broadcast here on iHeartRadio, AMFM, 247.com. Of course, 50-plus AMFM stations, the app, everything else, iHeartRadio. And uh, we are going to talk to Frank Bernuccio here in just a few moments. And uh, we're going to talk State of the Union. We're also going to talk about some of the other things. Um, one of the things that I do want to get Frank's thoughts on, and this is just because Frank's a common-sense guy. He understands the world around him. Um, on our way back from Las Vegas uh, last week when we were out uh, covering the Adult Entertainment Expo in uh, the Hard Rock Hotel, we got stranded on the side of the road with a, with a blown tire in Arizona coming back. And uh, we ended up running in... Uh, we We basically got a hold of the roadside service. They showed up. And instead of having us get out of the car and get into the tow truck and riding to the uh, the destination where we were going to get the tire changed, they just went ahead and threw chains on the car, pulled us into the trailer, and uh, we rode in the car on the back of the tow truck all the way down the road. And I find out later, Frank, that apparently that's not legal in any of the 50 states. <laughs> Well, I, I am sure one of the reasons, I don't know whether it's legal or illegal in all 50 states, but I do know that the insurance company of the uh, of, of the towing company would probably have a heart attack <laughs> if they found out that that's what they did. Um, obviously, it sounds like everything worked out okay, Yes, but uh, the chances of having a problem are substantial, so... Uh, you dodged a bullet, and their insurance company dodged a bullet. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, um, speaking of uh, dodging a bullet, this uh, State of the Union thing tonight, what is the deal with all of these people who just want to just cause all sorts of mess? I, I heard that there's some women's group who's going to wear white for some reason in solidarity. Then um, uh, AOC has said that she refuses to to shake the hand of the president. Uh, what is the deal here with all this, Frank? This is a mess. 
We shouldn't be too surprised. You know, James, since the uh, Democrats lost the 2016 election, they have been trying under various guises to delegitimize the results of that election. Yes. Refusing to shake the hands of the elected president is not an insult necessarily to the president. It's an insult to the electoral process of the United States and the people who voted for that president. Yes. And, in fact, anyone who believes in the concept of free, full, and fair elections. Um, interestingly enough, when you look at someone like Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, it's sort of the symbol of the low-information voters' success. Um, both Ms. Cortez, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, as well as Beto O'Rourke from Texas, have been two people mentioned as future presidential candidates for the uh, Democrat Party, and yet forget whether they're Democrat or Republican or liberal or conservative, or even their views on particular issues, their lack of knowledge of facts is rather outstanding. It's something that jumps out at you right away. And it tells you something kind of worrisome about the future of electoral politics in the United States, when it's not just a low-information voter you have to worry about, but a low-information elected official (laughs) that you have to worry about. (laughs) This is just craziness. I know that uh, fairly recently I seen a I think it was was it was either Fox or CNN. They had a they had a um uh, graphic up of all these contenders for the <laughs> Democratic uh nominee uh for the next presidential election. Um, this is insane because there's only probably three names on there that I know of. The rest of them are all people who you would know of if you were like a, a, a big politics watcher or whatever. But for the most part, it's like, I don't know who any of these people are. Um, <laughs> You're pointing out something that's really kind of important here. Yes. Um, you know, we used to have candidates running for president, whether you agreed with them or disagreed with them, liked them or didn't like them. But at least they had a certain level of gravitas, a certain level of achievement. Yes. We're now coming to the point in our politics and our government where you have people running basically because they're the prettiest people in the field. <laughs> you know, if Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez yes. was a 60-year-old fat, balding guy, uh, she would have gotten no attention whatsoever. Yes. If Bader O'Rourke were the same, he would have gotten very little attention. Unfortunately, we're starting to vote for politicians the way we used to vote for prom king and queen. <laughs> we're not listening yes. so much to their points of view. Well, is this candidate cool? Um, does he look good? Does she look pretty? And that might be sexist to say, but we're saying it about both males and females, so it's not really. Uh, we've got to start taking our elections a lot more seriously, not voting for the coolest candidate, but for the candidate who seems to make the most sense, or at least seems to have a glancing familiarity with the issues facing the country and the possible solutions to those issues. Yes. Yes, I completely agree with you, Frank. We have got uh, Frank Fernuccio with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Uh, we, we've talked a little bit about this State of the Union and some of the antics that are going to be going on. Um, what do you make of the State of the Union? There's a lot of folks that say that this is uh, a a uh, this is just simply uh, a re-election kickoff speech. Well, of course, it's not because the. the 
there's a requirement to do the State of the Union, and uh, the yes. president is, is, has to do that. But one of the things that we're going to hear in tonight's State of the Union is a lot of bragging, justifiably so, on the good state of the American economy. What a radical change in the past two years. If you look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, total non-farm payroll employment rose by 304,000 jobs in January. We're looking at an economy, James, that has added 4.9 million jobs since January 2017, when President uh, uh, Trump took office. The Wall Street Journal just reported that U.S. stocks have posted their best January in 30 years. Most importantly, we're looking at a comeback of something that uh, President Obama said was impossible. You might recall that President Obama said that manufacturing jobs are going and they're not coming back. Well, we've seen a huge uptick in manufacturing jobs. Those are really important because unlike jobs where we sell hamburgers to each other, Manufacturing jobs are well-paid, middle-income jobs with benefits and all of the like. So those are re- that's a real victory for the middle class. That's something that I think President Trump is justifiably going to uh, brag about tonight. We've got Frank Pernuccio with us today. Now, Frank, uh, before we go, give us a preview of your uh, radio broadcast this weekend. Well, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about what's going to happen tonight at the State of the Union and, of course, the Democrat response to it. Uh, We know that Stacey Abrams, who was the losing candidate for governor in Georgia, is going to be delivering the response. It's kind of baffling why the Democrat Party would have to pick someone who lost a race and, frankly, was a sore loser about it to deliver the response. We'll talk a lot about that tomorrow. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. I'm looking forward to uh, the program this weekend and the State of the Union, as always. And uh, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week, man. Yes, we look forward to our next discussion. Definitely. Welcome back. Thank you, my friend. Uh, there goes Frank Vernuccio, our good buddy. And uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we have got more coming up. It is the World Famous Cheeky Wire Radio Broadcast. In fact, uh, we've got a little bit of time. So uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's get uh, Frankie Baby there uh, saved, and we'll go to our next musical showcase. We'll uh, end it on that. Um, a great musical showcase coming up here on the program. Uh, they are available on iTunes. They are absolutely amazing. It's Fatha Muckas with their song Mother Earth. Right now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.